Okay, we're in Lesson 6. We only got halfway through the lesson last week. We will be going through the rest of the lesson today. For those of you who were not here, we're just going to kind of go through real quickly the first part. Hopefully you'll catch everything. And so we're looking at Proverbs chapter 4. First of all, verses 1 through 9. Let me read those verses to you. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father. Give attention to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Give wisdom. Excuse me. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Okay, so let's look at the encouragement here. Uh, Verses 1 to 9 is an encouragement to seek wisdom. So again, in verses 1 to 2, we see the uh, son, or you could even say the children, are urged to listen to the instructions of his father. Here in this passage, he's using a plural rather than just to the son, He's saying to them, listen to me. He's probably speaking here collectively to the nation of Israel. Because remember, as a king, he would kind of be like a father to the nation. And you see that in the scripture. So, for instance, when you see David interacting with Saul, Saul will refer to him as my son, even though they're not physically related. And that is that, like, the king's role as as a, a shepherd, as a dad over the whole nation. So, here's King Solomon really speaking to the whole nation. And he's saying to them, listen to my instructions. So you're going to notice, every time we get into one of these chapters here, in the first nine chapters especially, Solomon is urging people to listen to him. He's urging them to listen to them, listen to his instruction, listen to wisdom. Because our tendency is to what? What's our tendency when it comes to listening to instructions? Not to listen to them. Yeah, it's, it's not to listen to them. It's not to heed them or so forth. Or we jump ahead of, sometimes we maybe do this. Someone will say, well, you need to do that. And we jump ahead and we already know what we need to do. Rather than listening to what we need to do. And so he's saying, listen to me. Listen to me. So then he's going to talk in verses 3 through 9 about an incident that happened from his childhood where his dad, who was his dad? Anybody? Who was Solomon's dad? King David. Where King David took him and personally instructed him concerning wisdom. So the wisdom he's imparting to us is actually wisdom that was imparted to him by who? King David. King David. So then here's what he says. First of all, Solomon remembers the instruction he received from his father. Solomon remembers the instructions that he received from his father. We see that in verse 3. Then verses 4 to 9 now, we're going to see what his father taught him. So the first thing we see is this. He is urged to internalize instruction 
for his life. He is urged to internalize instruction for his life. Look at what verse 4 says. He also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words, keep my commands, and live. So, King David was urging his son Solomon, which now Solomon is urging you and I, for our heart to retain the commands, to retain the teaching, to retain wisdom. And see, that's the emphasis. You and I are to internalize, not just hear it, hear. Not just know it here, but you and I are to know it here in our hearts. Apply it to our lives. And again, I I said this last week, that James says the same thing, that you and I are not just to be hearers of the word, but you and I are to be what? Doers of the word. We're to apply it to our lives. Because listen, people are sharing wisdom all the time, aren't they? What good is wisdom if all you do is hear it but never apply it? What good is wisdom? It's not any good, is it? It's not any good at all. It's just mere words. In fact, you may have a lot of knowledge, but if you don't apply what you know, it's no good at all, is it? In fact, if you know somebody who knows a lot and they'll say, oh, well, you need to do this. Have you ever done that? No. What, what do you think about a person like that? What do you think about a person like that who, who, has, who maybe has learned here, but hasn't learned here? What are your thoughts about a person like that? Foolish, yeah. Because really, by their actions, they're what? Rejecting it. See, here's, here's the problem, and this is very evident in our culture today. Life usually is yes or no. But we have, an, we have a third one we put in there. Wait. And we assume that there's a third option between yes and no. And it's that wait option. Or maybe. But the fact of the matter is, by waiting, we're actually making a decision, aren't we? What's the decision? Yeah, no. See, it's only one of two options. We like to say, well, I'm, I'm, I know I need to do that, but I'm going to wait. No, you know you need to do it, but you're deciding you don't want to do it right now. And so we have a hard time realizing that, and we need to grasp that. It's true in my life, it's true in all of our lives, that just simply saying wait is saying no right now to that point. You know, and, and we need to grasp the reality of that. And so he's saying to us, look, when you get wisdom, when God imparts wisdom to you, especially when he imparts wisdom to you through his word, you need to internalize that. You need to apply it to your life. So then verse 5 now, look at verse 5. Get wisdom, get understanding. This is what he's saying. He's commanding them. He was commanded to seek wisdom and understanding. He was commanded to seek wisdom and understanding. A lot of people want to say, oh, I wish I knew what the Lord wanted me to do. Tells you right here. Look at what verse 5 says. In fact, it's the imperative command. It's a command here. It's not a suggestion. The way he's phrasing it here is imperative. 
meaning he is commanding you to do this. Notice what he's saying here. And in fact, if your English translation, it has an explanation point at the end of it. So this is a strong command. What is he saying to you and I? He's saying this. Get wisdom. Get understanding. See, if you want to know what you need to be doing in the Christian life, it's right here in the Word of God. It tells you right off the bat that you and I need to be seeking what? Wisdom and understanding in our life. Now, what kind of wisdom and understanding? The wisdom that our world has to offer, is that what we need to be seeking? No. We need to be seeking the wisdom that is where? In the Word of God for our life. Now, how am I going to seek the wisdom that the, that the Word of God has? Yeah, by reading it. Do I put it under my pillow and hope that it soaks into my head at night when I'm sleeping? Does that work? No, that doesn't work. You just have a terrible night's sleep. See, the point you need to understand is you've got to be in the Word of God. You've got to spend time reading the Word of God. So let's just, let me just be honest with you, because the statistics show it, so I'm not going to pick on anyone here, but if I'm stepping on your toes, good. The fact of the matter is, is that most of us don't spend time reading the Word of God. Most of us, this is, for instance, like the daily breads are available. And you maybe use the daily bread. But can I be honest with you? Here's how you use it. You read the story. You don't read the scripture. You read the story. And so, well, I had my time with God today. But you know what? Can I be honest with you? The story may speak to you, but what will really speak to you is what? The Word of God. See, you and I have to make a conscious effort to spend some time with Him. Let me just get a little bit practical here. You might be saying, well, George, you know, I understand that, but I'm not a morning person. I've tried that thing before while I got up early and I just fell asleep trying to read the Bible. Okay, if you're not a morning person, that's fine. But find somewhere during your day to spend some time with Him. Spend somewhere during the day reading His Word. See, reading His Word, God's going to speak to you and He's going to change your life. Maybe it's during a lunch break. Maybe it's shutting off a show or, or whatever. You know, now they have them so that you can record your show and you can watch it later. In fact, you get to fast forward through all the commercials. But you've got to spend some time in the Word of God. It's not going to impact your life sitting on a shelf. Sitting on a shelf. Actually, can I be honest with you? I really believe one of the biggest judgments of our country yet to come, when we go to be with the Lord, is that we had the Scripture, but we didn't use it. There are places around the world where they want the Scripture, but they don't have it. We have it, but we don't read it. And if I'm going to follow this command here in verse 5 to get wisdom, to get understanding, I've got to go to the book of wisdom, don't I? I've got to have God speak to me, but we don't do that. So then, here's notice something. He says then, verse 5 and 6, he says, Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. So verses 5 and 6, he's saying here, not to turn away from wisdom. 
Here's what he's saying. He's saying he was not to forget or reject wisdom because it will preserve his life. He was not to forget or reject wisdom because it will preserve his life. It will preserve your life if you don't reject what you read. Here's the problem here. I've noticed this too, and I've done this sometimes too. We want to go to the Bible and we just want encouragement. I want God to speak to me. Give me a blessing today, Lord. But maybe when I read the Scripture, God rebukes me. Because He reveals in my life something that needs to change. Now, here's what we'll do. We'll quit reading. Because what we wanted was a blessing. What we got was a rebuke. And we don't want to change. So we'll just quit reading. It hurts when I read. So we'll quit reading it. My friends, guess what that is? That's what he's telling us here not to do. He's, that's called rejecting wisdom. Rejecting wisdom for your life and not applying it to your life. So then he goes on then, verse 7, and he tells us what the principal thing is, and he says to seek wisdom. He, here's what he's saying. He says he is to do everything he can to gain wisdom and understanding. He is to do everything he can to gain wisdom and understanding. And here's what I told you to do. If you don't mind writing in your Bible, verse 7 says this. Wisdom is the principal thing. And I said for you to underline that verse. Underline that part of the verse. Wisdom is the principal thing. Do you want to know what the most important thing is? Wisdom. God's wisdom. That's what you need to be pursuing in your life. Because notice what he says right after he says that. He says this, Therefore, get wisdom. And what? And all you're getting, get understanding. So what he's saying here is, is that you and I are to do everything we can to get wisdom. You and I need to exert energy. We need to do what we can to gain God's wisdom. It's not going to come easy. You're not just going to be sitting down and, and just hoping to just let it soak into your life. It's not going to happen that way. You've got to seek after it. You've got to gain it. In fact, I, I find it very interesting. Have you noticed how wisdom is described in the book of Proverbs? It's described as a woman. It's described as a woman. And guess what? A good woman needs to be pursued, doesn't she? She ain't easy to get. You've got to work hard to get a good woman in your life. And so that's what he's describing Proverbs here as, as a woman that you pursue after. You do all that you can to gain her. Whatever it takes, you'll do for her. You'll do for her. I'm reminded, you know, this month will be 15 years that I asked Lori to marry me. Three weeks from now, 15 years I asked her to marry me. Interesting thing was the year, 16 years ago this month, I was attracted to this Lori Weaver. But Lori Weaver had a reputation of just turning guys down flat. Because guys would say, oh, don't bother asking her out. She'll just tell you no. 
Well, I mean, me and my roommate then try to strategize, how do I get a date with this girl? And I had to pursue her. In fact, I even set it up for, I think, 16 years ago to go take her to a waterfall. Outside of Lynchburg is Crabtree Falls. If you've been to Lynchburg, you'll know where Crabtree Falls is. And, and I thought, well, I gotta, I gotta go out with this woman. How do I go out with this woman? And so we set it up for her and her roommate to go. And then her roommate backed out for some reason. And then she wanted to back out. And I said, oh, no, no, no. no. So, so she ended up going, but then that started. So I had to work to get her. I gotta work to keep her. <laughs> do, do you understand what I'm saying? See, that's what wisdom is like. Wisdom is like that. Wisdom has to be pursued. You've got to exert energy for it. You've got to determine that that's what you want to do. See, Jesus describes it like this in, in, in the Gospels. He said, the kingdom of God is like what? He said it's like a woman who lost a coin. And what did she do? She did everything she could to what? Find that coin. What else did he say? It's like a man who finds a precious pearl. And what does he do? He sells everything he has to what? Get that pearl. Or another man who finds a treasure in a field, what does he do? He goes and sells everything he has so he can buy that field to get that treasure. See, that's what we're talking about here. Wisdom is like that. You've got to do everything you can to gain it. It just isn't going to happen. It just isn't going to happen. You've got to pursue it. And so he says, do everything you can to seek wisdom. You want to know what God wants you to do? What does He want you to do? Everybody here? What does He want you to do? Seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. Okay, so then look at verses 8 and 9. The value of wisdom. Here's why we got to seek it. Here's why we got to go for it. Listen. Here's what He says. By valuing wisdom, she will be honored. She will honor and bless you. Listen, if you place a high price on wisdom... If you value wisdom, wisdom will bless you and honor you. Wisdom will bless you and honor you. But you've got to seek after it. You've got to seek after it. You've got to make it a priority. In fact, I made this point last week. I'll make it again. Some of you, your show is more important to you than anything else. But can I be honest with you? Does your show bless you? Oh, it may bless you for a moment. But does it honor you? When's the last time they dedicated your show to you? Guys, you watched football yesterday. The day said, this game is dedicated to the guy in Cohensville, you know, and they gave your name. Did they do that? No, they didn't do that for you. They talked about the coach or whoever the star player was or whatever, and it was like the whole game was based on them. See, wisdom will honor you. It will bless you. You seek it. So then notice now verses 10 through 19. This is our next section. Wisdom preserves from trouble. Wisdom will protect you from trouble. Notice what it says. Hear my son. Again, he's wanting his son to listen. And receive my sayings. And the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. Take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. And do not walk in the way of evil. 
Avoid it and do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil. Their sleep is taken away unless they have found, make, unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining sun. It shines ever brighter until perfect day, until the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. So let's notice some things here about wisdom preserving from trouble. Verse 10 tells us that by heeding wisdom, years will be added to your life. By heeding wisdom, years will be added to your life. Now again, you're saying, how how does wisdom add years to your life? Well, one thing, wisdom, if you follow wisdom, it won't take away from your life. You know what? All you got to do is look around you. I see this all the time as a pastor. Sin is rough on people. Sin is rough on people. Sin is hard on the body. Oh, it may bring pleasure for the moment, but you look at people who engage in sin, and it destroys their life. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. My dad was an alcoholic. He had a drinking problem. From the moment he entered into the army, he began drinking. He drank up until the day he died. But I'm going to tell you something. It was a hard life to be a drinker. Because not just for the physical, not just for the emotional damage and everything that he did to the family, but for his own physical life, my dad spent a lot of his time in hospitals. He had liver problems. He had pancreas problems. He had all kinds of problems, spleen problems, everything. All of it was associated with the way that he was living his life. Because he was smoking, he was drinking, he was destroying his body. Oh, he enjoyed it. It brought pleasure. But my, did it take away from his life. See, when the Bible says to you that by heeding wisdom, and again, what's wisdom? God's Word. It won't, it'll add to your life. What he's really saying is, is by heeding wisdom, you're not going to be doing the things that the world is telling you to do. And what the world's telling you to do is what? It'll take away from your life. It'll take away from your life. Listen, here's the message that's in America today. You want sex? Just have it. Whatever you want to do, just have it. You want an affair? Who cares? Doesn't matter to anybody. You do what you want to do. But what they won't tell you is, oh, by the way, you might get a sexually transmitted disease. You might affect your partner with a disease. You might open yourself up for some kind of problem later on. And see, the world doesn't doesn't tell you this. Just go do it. Just go do that stuff. Don't worry about it. Everybody's doing it. Wonderful. But it won't tell you the problems. It won't tell you how it will take away from your life. It won't tell you how it will destroy you. See, wisdom, heeding wisdom, years will be added to your life. Years will be added to your life. So then, look at verse 11 now. He says about the imparting wisdom. And this is what we finished last week. The Father has taught him everything that is necessary for life. The Father has taught him everything that is necessary for life. David said to him, Son, 
Look at what he says there, verse 11. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. He's saying to them, I have imparted wisdom to you. And this is the point I made last week, and I'll make it again. I, I am disturbed by Christian parents who will say, well, I'm not going to tell my children what to believe. I let them make up their own mind. That is disturbing to me, and there's a lot of people who will do that. They'll say, I'll just, I'll just let them make up their own mind. I'm not going to tell my children what to believe. I'm not going to impose my beliefs on my grandchildren. Well, let me tell you something. If you don't, somebody else will. The culture will tell them how to live their lives. The culture will tell them there is no God. God doesn't need to be in your life. MTV will talk to them. The shows will talk to them. They will gain their value system by everybody else but you. And then you're going to sit there one day when they go wrong and say, Huh. Remember what happened to them? Well, don't you remember you made a decision not to impart anything to them? See, the Scripture tells you and I right here what? David says, I have taught you everything necessary for life. Have, are you teaching everything that's necessary for life? Hey, grandparents, can I be honest with you? You're like, Whew, the kids are out of the house. I don't have to worry about that anymore. You know what? Your responsibility didn't end. Your responsibility didn't end. You've got a responsibility now to impart righteousness to who? Your grandkids. And some of you are privileged to have great-grandkids. You've got a responsibility to communicate to them what's right. What's right. So we see that there. Now look, we're in verse 12, and notice now the course of life. Here's what he says in verse 12. When you walk your way, your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. Here's what wisdom do. Wisdom will ensure that he does not stumble in how he lives. Wisdom will ensure that he does not stumble in how he lives. Listen, you follow wisdom, wisdom will be a guide to you in knowing what is right and in keeping you from stumbling and falling. Listen, but you know what the sad thing is? Can I be honest with you? I'm facing this all the time. All the time as I deal with people's lives. The average American today, the average American Christian says, yeah, I know that the Bible says that, but I want something different. And you'll be surprised the number of Christians who are just flat out rejecting the Word of God. And then when they fall and stumble, and then when they have heartache, and when they have hurt in their life, and when they have destruction because of their decisions, they wonder why then... Am I going through this? And you want to say to them, well, do you remember when you said, I know the Bible says that, but I'm going to do my own thing? Listen, can I be honest with you? We've already saw this in Proverbs. Proverbs will let you go and do your thing. Wisdom will let you go and do your thing. God will let you go and do your thing, but he is under no obligation to help you when you decide to go a different way. He's under no obligation to help you. So then, notice now the call to heed. 
Again, verse 13. Again, he's stressing the same thing. He's telling his son to heed. The son is once again called to heed instructions. The son is once again called to heed instructions. Take firm hold of instructions. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. He's saying to his son, listen to them. Listen to my wisdom. Listen to my instructions. Make them a part of your life. Hold on to them. And in verses 14 through 17, we see the command to avoid wickedness. Verses 14 and 15, he gets right specific and he says, the son is to do everything possible to avoid and not live in the way of wicked, of the wicked. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Everybody recognizes that there's a difference between our culture and what the Bible says. Everybody recognize that? Look, 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 at, me, look, look at me. Does everybody recognize that the way the Bible tells you to live and what the culture says are two different things? Everybody understand that they're not the same. Because sometimes Christians think they're the same. And I'll be honest with you, the world looks at Christians today and they say, well, you know, they're no different than me except they go to church on Sunday. But does everybody understand that the way you are to live according to the Scripture is different from the way the world is wanting to live? All right, so there's a difference. Everybody recognizes the difference. Here I want you to see that there is a command right here in Proverbs that says that you and I are to do everything possible to avoid and not live in the way of the wicked. You and I are to make an effort in our lives not to live the way the culture is living. And so the proverb says, you and I are to do everything possible not to live the way the culture is saying. Because the culture is anti-God. It's anti-God. That's what Proverbs is saying to you and I. And so notice, because here's what he says about the nature of the wicked. And, and isn't this true? The very nature of the wicked is to do evil and to influence others as well. To evil. Influence others to evil. The very, the very nature of the wicked is to do evil and influence others to evil. Have you ever noticed that? People aren't just content. Have you ever noticed this? They're not just content to doing their own thing. And they'll say, oh, well, you should just, let, you should just tolerate me and let me do my own thing. That's, the, that's the, the statements that are out there. You're just too judgmental. You should just let me do my own thing. Well, here's the problem. They just don't want to do their own thing. They want others to do their own thing. Have you ever noticed that? They don't want to just do their own thing. They want others to do their thing. And see, that's the nature of wickedness. Wickedness is not just content with you relishing in wickedness. Wickedness wants you to influence others to wickedness. And you and I are to avoid that. To get away from that. So then, notice what the righteous, verse 18 through 19, gives us the a few verses about righteous. The righteous, it says here, reflect light while the wicked reflect, reflect darkness. The righteous reflect light. Verses 18 and 19. While what? 
The wicked reflect darkness. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, what did He say? You are a light, a city set on a hill. My friends, you and your life are to be illuminating with the gospel message in your life, with Christianity being shown forth in your life. You are to illuminate a dark world around you. Because, let me be honest with you, if your friend, can I be honest with you, I'm just going to, maybe I'm going to hurt your feelings, but I don't mean to, but I need you to grasp this point. You have enough friend who's unsaved? How many of you have unsafe friends? Unsafe family? Alright, let me just say this to you. You know how the Bible describes them? The wicked. Now, you may not like that, but I'm just going to be honest with you. That's how they're described. The wicked in Scripture always refers to the unsaved. Always refers to the unsaved. And here's what happens. What is the destiny of the wicked? Hell. So, their lives, no matter, even even their family, and you love them, the fact of the matter is, is that they belong to someone else. Who do they belong to? Satan, the God of this world. And their lives are going to reflect darkness. Your life is to reflect what? Light. What's the light? Christ. Christ. So then now in verses 20 to 27, and we'll finish up here, wisdom produces health. Look with me. He says this, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep your, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth. Put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Let your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet, and let your ways be established. Do not turn to the left. Excuse me, do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Okay, we're going to see six things here that we're going to go through. First of all, again, a call to heed. Again, the Father calls His Son to heed His instructions. Again, verse 21, 20 and 21. Again, the Father calls His Son to heed His instructions. You ever notice that? Again, there seems to be repetition in the Bible. And in Proverbs here, especially in the first nine chapters, you're going to see repeated over and over again. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Do you think we need to listen when he keeps telling us to listen? Do you think we need to pay attention when he keeps saying, pay attention? You ever did that with your kids? You're disciplining them and you're saying, Listen to me. Read my lips. Listen to me. And they're like, ah, ah, ah. Listen to me. You get their face, Listen to me. That's what he's doing here. Listen to him. A call to heed. Then notice the nature of his instruction. His instructions, his wisdom will what? Bring life and health. Again, we've already talked about this, so I don't need to spend much time there. Wisdom will bring life and health to you if you heed it. Wisdom will bring life and health to you if you heed it. Then notice verse 23. Here's another verse. 
In fact, put a star by this verse in your Bible. A very important verse. Very important wisdom he's giving to you and I here. Because notice what he says. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Out of it springs the issues of life. So, he tells his son to guard his life, guard his heart, which is the center of his life. Remember what Jesus said for, out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. He's calling you and I to put forth an effort to guard our hearts. Guard your heart because out of it comes what? Some of you have springs. You have a spring. You don't have city water, but you have a spring. And you keep your spring what? Clean. You make sure that stuff doesn't fall in there because if stuff falls into your spring, what happens to the water? If you get garbage in there, if you've got animals that are coming in there and they're using it for their toilet and, 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 and you've got bacteria that gets in there, what happens? I mean, some of you, I, I know people who have springs like that and you can't drink their water because they've let animals get into their spring house and stuff. Can you drink that water? You've got to guard that spring, don't you? To keep it clean so you can drink that water. See, that's what he's saying here. Your heart is a spring. Out of it come springs of life. But you've got to guard it and keep the garbage from getting into it. You know what? Here's an imperative here. Garbage in, garbage out. You've got to guard your heart against the garbage. You've got to guard your heart against the garbage. So then notice, right with that, because isn't it interesting, because Jesus said this, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Look at verse 24. He tells us to guard our lips. What does he say here? The Son is to make every effort to guard his speech. Because the first place that comes out of your mouth is every, your mouth, all that comes out of your mouth comes, is reflective of your heart. Guard your speech. Okay, then look at verse 25. Guard your eyes. The son should focus his eyes on the wise path and not be distracted. Listen, my friends, you and I are called to focus on what God tells us in his word. Forget what the culture says. The culture is always changing. The culture will one day say this is right, next day say it's wrong. Focus on what's right, focus on the Word of God. And then notice verse 26 and 27, the final thing. The son is to give thought to how he lives his life as he avoids evil. The son is to give thought to how he lives his life as he avoids evil. Wow, what wisdom. That's applied to our lives. Okay, next week we're going to, in our next lesson, we're going to be talking about avoiding the disaster of adultery from chapter 5. Okay? Let's close our time in prayer and get ready for the morning worship service.